Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Mac McGregor, who is the gender sensei. Mac, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Tim? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you'd like to do for fun, that'd be great. What I like to do for fun. That's that's a great opening. Um, Well, I have been uh, an educator for many years. Uh, I started, the reason I got the name Gender Sensei uh, goes back to my long history in the martial arts, uh, which I started at six years old. I call it my soulmate. Um, And we can get more into why I call it that later. But uh, so I've been doing martial arts over 50 years. I'm in the Martial Arts Hall of Fame for as both a competitor and an teacher and uh, have traveled the world teaching and competing and uh, and just am a, am a lifetime martial artist just absolutely love it what do I like to do for fun when I'm not doing martial arts and when I'm not teaching stuff is uh, I like to kayak and hike we just talked about that I live in the beautiful state of Washington and um, it is just there's so many amazing hiking trails here if you're into that it's just the land here is beautiful. So, yeah, absolutely. I love it. And so martial arts at six, did that require just extreme discipline at such a young age? Well, I was this kid that ate it up, you know, before I actually started going to the dojo, um, I used to watch Kung Fu theater every Saturday, you know, (laughs) and I would be trying to fly around the house and be Bruce Lee and all that, you know? And so, my little elementary school offered an after-school program and they offered martial arts as one of those programs. And I just begged, you know, my mom and grandma, grandparents to sign me up and they did. And it was a little six week course and I just fell in love with it. And the instructor said I was really natural. So they talked to my family and I was able to continue and, uh, I was literally the one they had to kick out every night and tell me I had to go home. I was that kid. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So less discipline for you and more. I'm just doing what I love. Yeah, totally. Very passionate about it. And it was a positive atmosphere. Dojos, you know, if they're run well, if they have good teachers, it's a really positive place to be. A lot of people, you know, supporting one another's growth and learning and cheering each other on. And um, I just love the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so now do you have your own dojo or do you, is it kind of portable teaching? Tell me about that. Yeah. I owned my own dojo for so many years, like big commercial dojo. And in 2008, I sold my dojo and moved to Seattle from Florida where I had my dojo. And I had had it for over 25 years at that point. And uh, now I teach workshops and seminars and have private students yeah, that commercial day in and day out, seven, you know, six days a week, it was, you know, I was ready for a change. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And so now you teach and you go to 
various colleges and companies to do this, right? Yeah. So now I teach two things. I teach about gender and I teach more. I still teach self-defense all over the world to empower people because I just believe that's so important about, you know, just knowing how to take care of yourself. It really gives you a lot of confidence walking around the world and creates awareness. So you're safer to do the things you love to do. And so I, I really enjoy empowering people with, with that knowledge as well. For sure. And so when you go to teach, do you typically mix the two? Or are you usually hired for one or the other? Like what? Yeah, I'm usually hired for one or the other, you know, honestly. And sometimes when I go to an area, I'll mix the two in that area. Like I may go, like I also volunteer and go to places like women's shelters and teach self-defense and things like that to empower um, women, of course. And um, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. So sometimes I'll do that if I'm, you know, at a college speaking on gender or something else. I'll still go do something uh, teaching self-defense in the area. Gotcha. I love it. I love it. And tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? Wow. There's so much. Uh, I just think life is just full of interesting, surprising, you know, wonderful things to tackle every day. I also, now that I'm teaching gender, you know, the gender sensei things, now that I'm teaching this stuff about us reexamining our socialization and social conditioning around all kinds of things that we were fed when we were young and whether they still serve us today, you know, when I see that really give people, it frees people when they understand that some of that messaging they were given that lim has limited their life that they don't have to hold on to that anymore. They can create a new, healthier way to walk forward. So that keeps me motivated to jump up and, you know, just, just seeing how, how that changes people's lives, taking that, that weight off of those limiting beliefs and messages they received. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Our limiting beliefs. It is crazy. A, how we create our own reality and B, how, our beliefs get in our way of the reality we want to create. Oh, true. And I don't know. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say we create our own because a lot of people never go back and examine the modeling and messaging they were fed as young people. Yes. They just kind of numbly walk along with it, you know, never rethinking, is this really the healthiest thing for me as an adult now? <laughs> you know? and that's what I get people to do is to go back and realize they have the power now as a conscious adult to make their own choices, not to just live what they were fed by their schools and their coaches and their parents and grandparents. And that doesn't mean those people were bad that gave you those messages, but they were dealing with the knowledge they had at the time. And hopefully we've evolved to have better knowledge. Now. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There we go. Well, let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals now. Tell us about your vision for your company and your life. Well, I, I run a nonprofit called Positive Masculinity, and basically, you know, what we're doing is we're helping to create a healthier model of masculinity moving forward for all of us. I heard in, in the height of the Me Too movement, all the women in the world or many women in the world talking about how toxic masculinity and the patriarchy had hurt them and limited them, but I didn't hear many men involved in the conversation. <laughs> And I think because a lot of guys haven't realized that it's also limited us. Yeah. 
because it's put us in a small box that we're only supposed to do this or that to be a good man, right? Those limiting beliefs. And so I, I thought we need to be involved in this conversation and we need to be a part of helping create a healthier model to go forward for all of us. Yeah. So that my dream is that we get more men realizing that and doing this work because it's so freeing and many men have been held back by those beliefs. Their relationships don't flourish because of the messaging that we're not supposed to be emotional. We're not supposed to talk about our emotions. You know, that's tamped down, right? And then you get into a relationship and people say, well, you're not emotionally available to me. <laughs> They've been telling us since we were little not to yeah. pay attention to or talk about our emotions, right? So then all of a sudden, when we get in, a, in an intimate relationship, somebody wants us to be emotionally available. So it's held us back and, and kept us from thriving in a lot of ways, those old messages. So, you know, my dream is just that, that this message gets out and that more people are freed so that they can thrive in life. Mm. So what would you say are some of the most common um, social narratives that pop mm. up for men? when it comes to things that are limiting us from, you know, being free of our own mind and of people's expectations? Well, one, you know, I, there's so many, first of all, there's so many, that's why I wrote a book. That's why I wrote a book about this. Cause there's a lot of, them, <laughs> right. Uh, one is that we as guys are supposed to always be competitive against one another. It's like playing King of the Hill our whole lives, right? We, we're supposed to always do whatever it, it takes to be top dog at whatever we're doing, which keeps us from being collaborative. Mm. That's what that messaging does. We're so much more powerful when we stand together and are collaborative than when we're fighting each other, trying to get to the top of the hill and push the other guys down. I, I just think, you know, that's one of the very limiting messages. And it has, it also creates, distance even in masculine friendships yeah you know because you're not going to be vulnerable with somebody if you're constantly in warrior mode being competitive right yeah <laughs> so, no absolutely yeah. i know i um i played football growing up and yeah. football itself the sport is kind of fun it's a little violent <laughs> you know i didn't like hitting people all the time but it was fun and i liked the competition but it got to an unhealthy point where mm -hmm. I was competing so much, I, like I didn't trust the people on my team because I, I would in my head I was like, I know that you guys just want to take my spot, right? And because of that, we have to continue to compete and we have to continue to like play these kind of games. I've been reading the Forty Eight Laws of Power, and he talks about the darkest part of humanity where it's like we're always being deceptive, we're always being, and you know, there may be some truth to that, but honestly, as entertaining as the book is. And as true as some of the principles are, I'm like, it's not how I want to live my life exactly. Right. And so that yeah. competition is what drove me away from that unhealthy level of competition, which a lot of it may have been in my head. A lot of it may have been the environment. But regardless, that's kind of what drove me away from the sport. I can totally understand that. One experience I had on the U.S. karate team was whenever we try out for something like uh, all the athletes to get on a team, like the U S karate team, they'll say like, for instance, the Pan Am games is coming up. So they'll take the top 100 karate athletes, which is what they did. 
bring us to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs and have us try out for the 15 spots or 20 spots on the team, right? So these are all U.S., top U.S. athletes in karate. We're trying out. And some of our own athletes were drugging other athletes' uh, water bottles. They told us a couple of people had gotten drugged because, of course, if you win, they test you and you have to pass the test to get on the team. And that was how they were trying to knock people out. Now, that is what you're talking about. It's competition to the point of it's toxic, right? It becomes toxic. It does. And competition is not a bad thing. No, I'm a world-class athlete. I think competition can be a great thing because it helps us all strive to be better. Exactly. Right. But out of balance, like anything else, it, it can become something really tainted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally I'm right there with you. Well, awesome. So we got, you run a nonprofit called positive masculinity where the mission is to get more men realizing that they can free themselves from societal standards. Any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about? Well, one of the things, just let me mention, one of the things that I do with that is we have a monthly virtual discussion group that's for men that where we create a safe container. uh, Every month we have a different topic that we're talking about, like this coming month in October, we're talking about what our core values are and how we can use them to make great, better decisions in our life when you're looking through the lens of your core values. Uh, You know, so that uh, really helps that work move forward because we all have to start doing the work individually within ourselves. Yeah. And how many core values do you typically suggest somebody has? Well, what we try to narrow it down to is your top five. So there are tons of options in core values. And we have a little test you take. There's a test you can take on, on, on my website, Positive Masculinity Now. And but then we teach you how to use that knowledge once you figure out what your top five are. We teach you how to use that to help make, make decisions. You know, So when you're making decisions, you want them to align with your core values. Yeah. So like one of my top core values is to make a difference in the world. It's a, it's a key thing that gets me up every morning, right? So then every decision I make, I look through that lens. Is this going to help me make a difference in my community? in my world. Right. Um, and if it doesn't, then I, you know, I'm, it's not going to be a high priority. Right. So, you know, that's one of the ways you can use those core values to help. I love that. And this is a monthly webinar. You said it's a monthly discussion group, virtual discussion group. We went virtual like uh, everybody else during the pandemic. And then we have people now joining us from all over the place. So we're going to keep it that way. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. Any other dreams or goals? Oh, yes. (laughs) I have lots of them. You know, my wife and I are actually already starting on the next book. um, And I wrote a chapter in this book, Positive Masculinity Now, about this being a masculine feminist. You know, um, some people might say, what is that? And I know to some people, the word feminist gets their hackles up. Yeah. But all it means, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. But all that word means is being what we're talking about is being a good ally to women. Yeah. And, you know, uh, there's if you're secure in who you are, it doesn't take anything away from you to lift someone else up. Absolutely. That's one of the things I talk about and teach the guys in the group. And uh, 
And so my wife and I are co-writing the next book on how to be a masculine feminist. We really believe that there are a lot of good and decent men in the world that want to support women, but a lot of them don't know how to do it or where to begin, or they're afraid to make a mistake, right, in this environment. So we're going to lay out a roadmap, you know, for how to how to be a good ally, basically. There we go. There we go. And that's coming out in a book that you and your wife are writing together. Yes, we're co-writing that book. Yes. I just published this book, Positive Masculinity, now this summer. So hopefully by next summer, we'll be we'll have that one out. (laughs) There we go. And are you big, like a big fan of writing or does it kind of like. Well, you know, I tell you what, it was tough. Writing my first one was really tough, but now I've got the bug. There we go. <laughs> I've gotten the bug. You know, one of the interesting things is like I've had people contact me from all over the world. This book has only been out three months. Yeah. And I've had people contact me. For, it's a far reach. It gets your message out there to people that you might never get it to otherwise. Right. Yeah. I've had people from Uruguay and crazy places like that contact me that have read the book. That's and cool. like you know, want to know more about how they can get involved. And uh, that's just amazing. So, so yeah, it kind of gave me the bug now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So you got, you run the nonprofit with yeah. the getting more men to realize that they can free themselves from societal standards. That has the monthly virtual discussion. Yes. And, and I teach writing. And I'm sorry. I teach workshops all over the place about this stuff too. Yeah. There we go. There we go. And co-writing the book with your wife on how to be a masculine feminist. Yeah, she's in her doctoral program uh, for psychology. And so, you know, I think it's a really cool thing for a couple to write a book about that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So are there any other goals or dreams (laughs) you want to chat about? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I have already a list of like six books to write. (laughs) yeah that's epic what are the other topics share with us healthy masculine friendships which is another thing i have a chapter about in this book um you know the depression and suicide rate uh is really high among middle-aged men Mm. and one of those other toxic messages when you were saying some of the toxic messaging that men have you know we were talking about what those are is i shouldn't ask for help because that's a sign of weakness And so unfortunately that becomes really detrimental when we're talking about mental health. And, uh, you know, I, I think that having healthy friendships is a big thing that contributes to healthy mental health. (laughs) And one of the things women do better than us is they talk about real things with their friends. Guys tend to talk about work and sports. Yeah. Women talk about what's really going on for them with their friends, you know, and so we need to be better at that. That's something we can learn from women. And that's one of the things that I teach when I teach about healthy masculine friendships is learning to actually be vulnerable with your friends. Choose those friends carefully. You know what I mean? Have discernment about who's in your inner circle. Yeah. But friends you can really lean on and count on when you're going through stuff. And be there for them too. you know, do the same, be a good friend back. So, yeah, it's important. It's, you know, that's about our entire, when, when you look at the things that contribute to being healthy and our overall health, having those friendships and relationships in our life, it's a big part of it. 
Yeah. No, I um, I think the part I'm I'm Christian, and the yeah. part of the Bible that talks about bearing burdens with one mm. another, I think yeah. it's not taken seriously enough. And I think girls are really good at bearing like emotional burdens. And I think men can be really good at bearing financial burdens or physical health burdens. It's like get off your butt and work out or get off yeah, your butt. Right. <laughs> yeah. But they don't even bear those burdens together. They just like no. up and do it. Stop slacking. Right. But I really think that collaboration, that community, that actually bearing the burden together of like, this is where I'm suffering. Can you help me? Like, right. It's different. It is. It is. And we have to learn also how to give each other emotional support. You know what I mean? I mean, one of the one of the things that just warms my heart in the group that I've been running for four years now, um, the discussion group, is I have a father and an adult son who come to this group together. And before being a part of our positive masculinity discussion group, they never talked about anything real. They weren't very much alike and they just were awkward and didn't know how to talk about anything. And the son now wrote a blog for us on our website about how being a part of our group has transformed his relationship with his dad to where they feel more comfortable hugging each other now, talking about real stuff and just really being there for each other. So it's just totally transformed their relationship. Now that's the stuff worth getting up for. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Any other books that you want to give us the uh, <laughs> foreshadow for us? <laughs> oh, well, that, that's enough to keep me busy, I think, for <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so much to it. You know, there's so much to writing a book. You put your heart and soul into it. And then, uh, you you know, you got to go through that crazy editing process back and forth. And then, you know, I've heard a lot of authors before I did this say it's like birthing uh, you know, and I don't pretend to know what that birthing a child is like, but I've heard even female authors say it's like birthing a child because then you put it out into the world and you have no idea how the world's going to treat that you know, exactly. or what they're going to do with it. You know, so it's yeah. kind of scary at that point. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. If there were one or two people that you could meet right now and this mm. can be a specific person or a type of person and they'd really help you take the next step towards these dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help? Hmm. I was Don Miguel Ruiz. <clears throat> he wrote The Four Agreements. If you haven't read that, I highly recommend it. It's a it's a it's a book that I live my life by. It's a philosophy book, basically, that I live my life by. He's amazing. Love it. And, that is a great book. Yeah. And Brene Brown, I would say, would be the other person that I would like to sit down and talk to you about. <laughs> she does some amazing research. If you don't know who Brene Brown is, she's the vulnerability guru. Um, her TED Talks have millions and millions of views. And uh, uh, she she's pretty amazing. I'd love to, to have her help and her... Um, knowledge helped me reach more men with this i think she uh she's got a lot of good good things to offer so there we go there we <laughs> go and what's the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish your dreams and goals so you meet sally at the grocery store and <laughs> sally is like mac how can i help you out what would you tell her you know i would tell her have conversations with those around you 
mm. about, I'm convinced that there are a lot of good people in the world, but unfortunately a lot of the good people are not loud enough. And a lot of, a lot of the voices with negative things to say are much louder. So I think we need more good people with good intent, good hearts speaking out and speaking yeah. up to people. Yeah. Awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. Ooh. <laughs> All right. The so first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Um, I'll pick podcast. And I will say Unlocking Us, Brene Brown. Unlocking Us, Brene Brown. Awesome. I have not listened to a ton of Brene's Brown, Brene Brown's content, but I know she's really big. Yeah. She has two podcasts, Dare to Lead and Unlocking Us, and they're both great. There we go. There we go. And is it, does she interview on both of them or? She does most of the time. Yeah. She has a, a few that she just talks herself, but those are rare in between. Yeah. Gotcha. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself? I get out in nature. There's something about getting out in nature that's just really grounding to me. Um, and it brings back that awe and wonder thing because I've never, I don't, I can't remember a time I've ever really been out in nature and it doesn't remind me just how precious this gift of life is and this planet we live on. Yeah. No, I, I, same thing, just walking the neighborhood is like, yeah. it's not even deep into nature, but it's like seeing the trees and just yeah. feeling the air on your face. Totally. Very nice. And what is one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Don Miguel Ruiz or Brene Brown? Ooh, what is one action step I can do to meet them? Yes, to meet them and get what you want out of them. So have a conversation with Brene Brown mm. or um, just talk philosophy with Don. Yeah, with Don Miguel, yeah. Um, well, I have my team actually reaching out to them. <laughs> Yeah. And sending them a copy of my book. And, uh, you know, uh, I yeah. love it. there's um, there's a book called Giftology. Hmm. And I believe the author is John Rulin. Haven't read it in a while. Okay. He should pay me for how much I advertise his book on my podcast. <laughs> but it's because he has a great idea in that book. And okay. the idea is a very special way to give your book to people of note that you want to read it. And also just a general marketing strategy through gift giving, which I think is a pretty cool concept. Hmm. So look that up. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Yes. There we go. And now we're going to jump into our final series of questions. Okay. And I didn't ask, I didn't send these beforehand. So you didn't know they were coming, which means if you don't want to answer, that's totally fine. Just be like, I want to pass. And no flack at all. So the first question is, what is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life? I've worked so hard through so many. Um, Maybe if any, if any, there's an if any on that question. Yeah. You know, I would say I think the thing that um, that I constantly have to keep doing the work on is that I'm worthy, is that I'm worthy. Uh, you know, that, that thing of, 
always thinking, you know, am I good enough to do this or am I good enough to do that? Uh, there's always that thing, that little thing sometimes that comes in your head, you know, are you, are you good enough for this? And I have to keep reminding myself, yes, I'm made from the stuff stars are made from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And where does it come from, do you think? Um, it comes from negativity from my family, I think. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And remember, again, if it like hits a, if it hits a chord and you're like, I don't want to answer it's that. Cool. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> cool. No, it's cool. What actions do you think you currently do that reinforce that limiting belief that you're not worthy? Oh, when I procrastinate. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Feel yeah. <laughs> I feel that. And what stories do you tell yourself to reinforce it? If any. There's an if any on all of these. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't spin in stories like that anymore because I catch myself because I've done a lot of work on it. <clears throat> Love it. Love it. And the next uh question. Off of limiting beliefs now, yeah. how can you reframe that limiting belief to be an abundant belief? And I know you do work on it, so this sounds like something you've already done. So talk to us about it. Well, uh, I, I do a lot of meditation and a lot of visualization for one thing. Um, and I check always my intent with what I'm doing to make sure that my intent is pure and, you know, um, and then once I know that my intent is pure, then I know that the universe wants me to succeed. The universe, a higher power, whatever you want to call it, you know, God to some people, whatever name you want to give it. I know that that it's for me. There it's we go. Me. Yeah. And how do you feel when that like knowledge, when that thought comes to you? I got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you know, we go I, as a as a world-class competitor you know i've had to go through all that mental game before because when you get to that level of competition everybody's good yeah what makes the difference on who wins and who doesn't is the mind game is the mental game yeah because physically it. everybody's good at that level right <laughs> you wouldn't be there <laughs> yeah. we got one last question for you so there's a common saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yeah. I actually found out from Dr. Alan Leica, had him on the podcast. He was a guest on the show. Uh, he said that you can make a horse drink. You just have to salt its oats. <laughs> That's why they give you peanuts at a bar. <laughs> why the peanuts are free. Yeah, because you'll drink more. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so now I want you to think of a person that has a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help and they're not willing to accept change. How can we create an environment to salt their oats and help them change their life? Well, this is the work that I do. I think you show them how their thinking limits them, that it's limiting. They're limiting themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that in a way with compassion, not an I told you so, not, you know, in their face, tell them you're an idiot or anything like that. You have to do it in a way um, that you truly want to help. And I think that that uh, is how you do that. Because once people see that something is holding them back or limiting them, 
usually they want to they're they're more motivated to do something about it right yeah yeah no absolutely i love that well awesome mac that is all we have for you is awesome. there anything else you want to chat about before we sign <laughs> well um i think that that we all have so much to give one of the things that i do like i said one of my core values is making a difference and I think each and every one of us can make a difference in the world. It's a daily choice. And so even the way we talk to the checkout person at the store, the way we interact with people, every moment we have a choice to make a difference. Yeah. So I just encourage people to look for those opportunities. There we go. I love it. Well, Mac, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's been an honor. Of course. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Mac had to say, you're looking to contact him or buy his book. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. As we always ask, go ahead and shoot this podcast over to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes if you liked the show. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.